Hey everybody, this is Tony with a Stranger Things podcast. Um, just to let you guys know, I'm on the road right now, but I'm still getting these podcast episodes out because I'm dedicated to getting you guys the show. But um, so I'm saying that. So if you hear a little background noise, maybe um, some slight background noise in the back, that's what we're uh, dealing with this morning. But we're gonna get this uh, episode out, and here we go. Okay, so we're into chapter five. Uh, episode five of the series so far and this episode is called the flea and the acrobat now we start off this episode with uh jim sneaking into the uh the lab then he goes into the restricted area which uh which he uh he gets caught and he knocks out a guard <laughs> before heading into um into what would be possibly the upside down i i think that's well established at this point we know that's what it is but um he knocks out and you know also an official worker as well so he's just knocking out people uh, left and right now Joyce and Lonnie are uh, back at the house uh, talking and and drinking and Lonnie is trying to uh, assess her uh, Joyce's uh, state of mind and he's basically determined in his mind that she is out of her mind and this is just one of the very um, poignant uh, 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 scenes within this uh, episode because it sets the stage for a lot of uh, things moving forward. So Hopper is in the restricted area, and he he sees some um, and he sees some pictures on the wall once he gets further back into the restricted area and this seems like this is the area where he uh where dr brenner uh has been keeping children and it seems like possibly this is the area where 11 was also and he's thinking maybe will is down here also so we next get this uh scene with mike and the boys trying to figure out what the upside down is or start to connect, uh, uh, you know, some of the um, some of the pieces together. Together, and we have the um, we have the veil of shadows reference within this episode, and we also have the uh, the uh, shadow walk uh, reference also. So then Hopper walks through the upside down, looking for Will, because this makes perfect sense right he sees these um these these drawings on the wall of possibly from little children and he's starting to connect some of the things and then he's thinking about um the the connection with the men from state and he's just connecting all these things within his uh his his head and we and we can just see all of this on his face now uh you know the uh the the boys figure out that the upside down may be an alternative uh, dimension where s- things are slightly different. Things are happening there that wouldn't necessarily happen in their dimension per se. So uh, Jim is then drugged. He's he's caught. He's drugged and he's dragged from the upside down. And we don't get anything further from him until a little bit later on so you have dr brenner's uh, operation crew uh, of lab workers and official workers come in and they actually stick a needle into his neck and you know he's basically out from that point 
Then we get Jonathan. He comes, you know, when he when he comes back, he sees Joyce and Lonnie on the couch. And of course, this is just bringing up some bad memories for him. And he's, you know, first thing he asks is, you know, his father is, what are you doing here? And, and he's he's just um, he's really not happy about seeing them. Uh, together at this point. Now, Jonathan and Lon- Lonnie have a talk about the mental state of Joyce, because like I said, uh, Lonnie, he's already, you know, got in his mind that uh, Joyce is out of her mind. And this conversation, uh, you know, him, Lonnie pretending like he, he cares, I, you know, and, and there's this little uh, point in one of the episodes where Lonnie says, maybe I'm not the bad guy. I think it was in episode uh, two or three, I think maybe. Um, but it's the um, it's the episode where Jonathan goes and, and sees him in the big city. And he's just, um, you know, he's like, maybe I'm not the bad guy here. And he, maybe he has a point of reference to, to some of this. I don't know. We don't get a lot of the uh, backstory on Lonnie per se, but we do know what he's not doing and that's you know been uh impressed upon jonathan for a very long time and this is what his perception of it is so it doesn't really matter you know as of what he is or isn't doing it's just a perception from from jonathan and even will when you know we go back to these flashbacks of you know the two listening to the clash and him not coming and doing what he said he was going to do, like say maybe taking them to a a game or, you know, even, you know, maybe something he wanted to do was, which was the arcade. And he just didn't show up because there's, we hear this, you know, little scene where there's an argument and, you know, and uh, Joyce is on the phone talking, um, I guess, to Lonnie himself. And the boys are, you know, kind of like look back for a second, pausing from listening to the music and they hear this. So a lot, there's a lot at play uh, within this uh, particular scene. It's really uh, heavily loaded. And then we get uh, the great, which I love. This was my this is my favorite uh, scene of the entire um, of the entire episode. It's the uh, the funeral montage. You know, begins with everyone preparing for Will's uh, funeral, and I'm using that with uh, air quotes. Now, the funeral scene is the most impactful scene of the episode yet, as far as I can, uh, I can see and I can tell. Um, now, Joyce having a, a, a flashback at the funeral about her and, and Will, just about him wanting to go, uh, um, not necessarily um, wanting to be like everyone else and they're in the kitchen and she's doing something at the sink and he's drawing these pictures and she's saying how she needs to get him new uh, crayons and um, and we see a lot of his artistic um, uh, prowess here in this scene and you know and this comes into play in another season of the uh, show um, moving forward, but you know, I just, I just thought that this was really, really well, um, well done. Just her sitting there at the funeral and just having this whole flashback. And this show is really good about doing that. Just really putting out uh, the the flashback episode. I mean, the flashback uh, scenes within the episodes, 
and giving us a lot of information without having to do a whole bunch of talking and setting up and everything. And that is really good storytelling um, as far as I can um, I can see. But it's just really great. Now, another thing I mentioned, um, I noticed, um, and I haven't mentioned yet in this in, in this um, podcast, was that I've always, always been talking about uh, Steve's parents. And I didn't even see uh, Steve at the funeral, of course, and of course didn't see his parents. Or maybe his parents were there, and we, uh, because we didn't see Steve with his parents, there was no connection. So maybe his parents were there because there was a lot of other people there. Now maybe they, you know, possibly were, and it's most likely this is what it is, they were townspeople from, you know, from the uh, town, you know, Hawkins. But, you know, I I was like, maybe they were there. We just didn't see him. But he does reference them um, a good bit during, uh, especially during the uh, last episode and um, into the uh, second episode as well. So I'm like, okay, you know, maybe they were there. Uh, we just didn't know that those were Steve's parents because I was scanning because they were doing this whole uh, rolling from right to left through all the characters. And you saw all the characters uh, there. You saw Dustin and uh, and you saw uh, Lucas and his parents, which they recast Lucas's parents because um, the father is com- looks completely different. The father in this uh, funeral scene is far younger and looks more, you know, uh, I don't know. It's, it, it, it's a weird look, but anyway, um, like I said, we're going through all the characters and we see, uh, we see, uh, uh, everyone's, uh, parents and some of the characters there. And we don't necessarily, uh, see, uh, Steve, or his parents. We don't see Steve at all. And we don't know if his parents were there. So that's something that I'm, you know, really looking uh, at and looking forward um, to, f- to finding out later on if those people that I saw were actually uh, Steve's parents. Now, maybe they, they'll, they'll probably most likely uh, recast them uh, later on. But I just really found this um, scene to be really uh, heartfelt. Now, Hopper is back on his couch and jumps up um, looking for bugs. You know, he's, he's, he's thinking that the men from state, Dr. Brenner's crew, have actually come in and bugged his apartment uh, or his uh, trailer, which we know this is the case because we are constantly seeing them listening in on everyone who they think may have figured something out or who may has who may have you know, something to do with, uh, 11 or knowing where she is. So this is a really good, um, really good way of, you know, telling this part of the story. Now, you know, a great scene is after the funeral when Jonathan and Nancy are talking about the night Nancy went missing. Now, Jonathan made the executive decision to not tell his mom. And that is why the parents don't know. That is the absolute main reason why the parents don't know. And I was like, why are, you know, this was the very reason. Or maybe they just wouldn't have believed them. Or, you know, there are just so many uh, things within this. uh, Just that one decision, him choosing not to tell Joyce. Because she could have told, uh, Joyce could have told uh, 
uh, Hopper. Hopper could have, you know, really dug deep into that and tried to see exactly what was going on. So we don't, uh, we don't get any further development on that, but there are a few other things that come up along the way. Now we, uh, then we get the um the scene with Mr. Clark and and him explaining how alternative dimensions could possibly work theoretically speaking which is you know what they you know constantly said probably about four or five times throughout this whole explanation because they didn't want to tip you know tip themselves off as to thinking that this was real and they didn't want to put Mr. Clark in position to where he's asking a whole, you know, a bunch of extra questions. So, you know, the deputies, you know, stop by uh, Hopper's house because they're trying to get in contact with him. They're trying to figure out what's going on. And Hopper comes out. He's all disheveled and, you know, has a gun in hand looking really paranoid. And they're like, what's going on with you? And this is just a really great, um, great scene in and of itself. And as it turns out, uh, at least at least two hunters have went missing in the in the um, in the same place that Eleven and Will were. And also, we find out that Bob's car was uh, was recovered at a a bus station by the men from state. So once they and you know once they figure all of this out, the um, the deputies or you know once they thought you know they figured out something uh hoppers you know the wheels in his head are just turning at this point and they say oh you know turns out she did run away so you know they're really covering up their tracks dr brenner and uh and his uh operation uh, as i like to say they're really covering up their tracks and trying to make everyone seem as if they're crazy and nothing is you know going on here whatsoever now, I love the scene with the boys and the compasses. Uh, they, you know, Dustin is really showing how smart he really is and, you know, calling the boys dense at some points because he's clearly explaining something very clearly, concisely, and in a way that they could easily grasp and they're just not grasping it. So this is really a, a, a fun, uh, fun scene here, you know, talking about true North and, you know, the magnetic field. And it goes back to what Mr. Clark was talking about, how there would, uh, you know, there would be something, uh, a portal would be opened. There would be so much energy that it would disrupt the magnetic, uh, field of force. And this is what, uh, has been going on because of the compasses not working exactly the way they're supposed to because Dustin is there sitting there and he is uh he's just going on and on and he's turning around in circles and he's with this compass and the boys are looking at him like what is going on with you and I just love their reaction and you know what are you doing and it, it, you know they're telling him to to stop it and you know you know things that adolescent boys would uh would do in this circumstance and situation. So Joyce finds a, a flyer about accidental death and a scheme in Lonnie's bag and a major uh, fight in, uh, ensues shortly after that. Now, Nancy and, and Steve have a conversation 
uh, via a baseball bat. Um, she's out learning, I guess. She's thinking about how she's going to uh, she's going to kill the Demogorgon because she's not really on board with Jonathan's plan to use a gun, which Jonathan stole Lonnie's gun out of his glove compartment um, in his car at the funeral. So she's not really on board with that. So I guess she's trying to figure out ways that she can combat uh, uh, killing the Demogorgon, which she doesn't know is a Demogorgon at this point, just a faceless, long-armed uh, monster. Now, Joyce and Lonnie have a huge fight about their their children, and this goes on for a little bit, and it's really, really heated, and she just basically just kicks uh, him out. And Jonathan and, and Nancy practice shooting and walk and talk about their their parents and their lives and what they are who they are and what they want to be and you know the conversation just gets this a little bit heated between the two because they're clearly pointing out some uh, uh, differences between the two and this is really talking about uh, uh, classism at the very least and I, I just love this conversation just you know, you think you're so different, but you, by rebelling, you're just like every other suburban uh, girl or parent or, you know, insert uh, uh, person here. Now, Hopper calls uh, his wife and uh, and it doesn't go very well. Now, we found out that he was married for uh, for seven years from the the conversation that they had between the the uh, the two. And, you know, he hears a baby crying in the uh, the background, but we'll get into that a little bit more here shortly. Now, the boys walk down a railroad track, uh, a, a callback to Stand By Me, talking about Eleven acting weirder than normal. And as it as as we find out later on, this is the fact that she's been manipulating the composites for them to basically go around in circles so it 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 seems as if Hopper has had the idea to get back with his ex-wife until uh, until until her baby starts to cry and he realizes that that's just never going to happen at this point and he's you can just see the disappointment and the sadness and uh, almost for a moment there there was some hopefulness within him but it was just completely uh, snuffed out when you hear the baby cry and then he just you know basically just said tell tell bill i said hello and he basically just hangs up the phone and she i guess called right back but he just rips the phone out of the uh out of the wall cuz he's just so uh, upset at this point and there's clearly some things going on with him you know with that going on but uh, we'll get into that in another season of uh, Stranger Things now uh, Jonathan and 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 Nancy have a conversation about who they are and this is, goes back to what what we were, uh, you know, what I was talking about just uh, a moment ago when they were walking through the uh, through the woods, and you know, the conversation got a little bit heated, and they wind up um, just briefly uh, uh, separating and going their uh, different ways. Now, uh, Hopper. 
comes to the house and speaks to Joyce and tell and tells her that her house may be bugged. And he doesn't necessarily tell her, but he holds up a, a piece of paper, you know, saying, you know, quiet, you know, house may be bugged and he's going through and then he sees all the, you know, possibly thousands of lights, Christmas lights all over the place. And he's like, you know, oh God, you know, I'm going to be here for hours, you know, searching through. And that was, that was, you know, I just love these moments of comedy and, and drama all intertwined within each other. Now, uh, now the boys end up at the junkyard when they realize it, when they realize that the compasses are being messed with and Eleven has been messing with them the entire way. So they're basically heading back to the house and, you know, and the boys are like, you're just now realizing this, uh, Mike and Lucas, you know, say this to, to Dustin and Eleven is looking, you know, um, real suspicious at this point. And Lucas looks over at her and she's like, you know, he's, she's acting really weird and he's really on to what she's been doing because he, you know, he's a little mini detective and he's picked up that she has some fresh blood on her uh, on her arm and they realize that this is something that happens when she's using her powers so this is quickly uh, brought to a, uh, a head between all of them now um, now Mike and Lucas uh, start to uh, they start to fight about Eleven being a traitor when Eleven throws Lucas through the air to try to break up the fight. And this is one of the biggest scenes um, from this episode um, because Lucas is basically knocked out and, you know, Mike's like, why would you do that? And Eleven is really upset and angry at this uh, at this point. Now, now to go back to, uh, to uh, Joyce and Hopper, they're talking about the bugs and Will's body being a, a fake. And this is something that was just really, really uh, pivotal for this uh, this episode, and to really start to, like I like I've said before, to continue to move things forward very, very uh, fast. Now, Eleven has a flashback uh, back to the Russians in the void, or as I like to call it, the uh, the in between. Now, this is the first appearance of the Russian storyline uh, um, explicitly within the uh, within the show itself. You know, it's inserted fully here. So we're getting uh, we're getting Eleven in the void and she is talking um, or she's listening to the Russians talk about something, but they're speaking in Russian. So we can't you know, understand at least I can't not being a native, um, not being a native Russian speaker, <clears throat> but it, it was a, it was a really, um, great scene them setting all of this up. And like I said, they don't put little things like this in there just for you know, the hell of it. They are, they eventually do come back to this as we all know. Now back at the junkyard, 11 disappears, disappears as Lucas starts to come come to because she's just had this flashback she's really upset and she just doesn't know what she wants to do and she doesn't feel like she fits in there at that very moment so she's uh she's gone at this point now jonathan uh and nancy are 
walking through the woods. It's now dark, and they run across a a deer that seems to have been uh, been possibly uh, hit or 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 is really injured by a car source. At least that's what they're thinking at this point. Now, the biggest jump scare of uh, of the series uh, thus far is when the deer is pulled off into the woods rather quickly by what we don't exactly see or know at this point. But we know it's something that is is really um, is really fearful um, for, for us to be fearful, and it's uh, it's fierce, and we just <laughs> we just absolutely. I know I loved this scene, and this reminded me so much of Nightmare on Elm Street. For whatever reason, it just that just you know brought up those feelings of Nightmare on Elm Street to me. Now, Nancy, uh, Nancy, she comes up on a on a tree that uh, seems to be closing. Now, when she decides to uh, to go inside, um, it you know which that turns out to be the upside down with the monster eating the deer that was just snatched off from in front of them so was the demogorgon right there or did it pull the deer into the upside down um you know from the alternate dimension um it's not fully explained it comes a little bit clearer as she goes into this tree that slowly starts to uh to uh to close up as Nancy's there, and that's where the the episode uh, uh, ends. There, with the tree closing, and Barb um, and Nancy is inside of this alternate dimension, the upside down. And I love this, just the music, you know, uh, the music playing as the tree starts to close up and maybe Barb will be uh, trapped there forever and then we also get the the voice of Jonathan calling her at this very moment but this is very very uh, interesting um, the way they have set this up and as we see in the uh, episode uh, the next episode episode 6 chapter 6 called the monster we jump right back into this and I will be back on a regular uh, schedule the last couple of days. It's been a little bit off, um, but I'm still getting the uh, episodes out, just not as regular as I thought I would be. But we definitely are going to uh, have probably three or four episodes back to back to back. Um, so be looking for those, and we're going to jump right into uh, Chapter uh, 6, The Monster, here really soon. I'll see you guys on the next episode of A Stranger Things Podcast.
Steven Spielberg presents Gremlins. Billy Pelser has a nice home. Billy, is that you? Yeah, Ma, it's me. A nice job. A nice girl. If you're not doing anything this Thursday night, maybe you'd like to uh, go out on a date with me? I'd love to. And loving parents who are about to give him... You're going to like this. No, 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 don't shake it. We're going to have to open it now. We'll wait till Christmas. The most unusual gift he ever got. What is it? No. It's your new pet. Come on, Bonnie, be a good dog. My dad gave it to me. But there are a few things to keep in mind. If you expose it to the light, you may hurt it. If you get it wet, it will multiply. All that from water? They got wet? Yeah, plain water. And most important, no matter how much they beg, never, never let them eat after midnight. Because when they do, they change. They become clever. Mischievous. What's going on here? And dangerous. Gremlins, huh? Little monsters. Right. Hundreds of them. Well, I, I don't know, maybe thousands. They've been here too. Billy, what are these things? Where do they come from? Look, I know it sounds crazy. I know. But in a few hours, you're gonna have a major disaster on your hands. Directed by Joe Dante, they'll be expecting you.